The Chiefs drop a game to the Eagles, but the defense is elite. Let's talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome to the most live edition of the KC Laboratory. By Emprise Bank member FDIC. Thank you all so much for listening to us on a on a Tuesday night. A very special episode of Tuesday nights. Matthew Lane, hello, hi, how are you? Listen, uh, you know Monday Night Football. We don't have to compete with it tonight, so I expect every single Chiefs fan in the world to be in here. Um, that's how it works, right? There's no Monday Night Football going on. We're all here. We're all ready to talk about the Chiefs. This is the most live we have ever been. Ever, except for when we were, except for when we were last most live as we've ever been, Craig. So, um, how how are you doing on this this wonderful Tuesday evening? I'm doing phenomenally. Um, I am visiting with family. I watched Monday Night Football with family, so we all got to share that joy uh, <laughs> together. But uh, now you're just spend this evening with you wonderful fellas. So I'm really excited to do so. I am. Uh, I'm excited to talk. I, I, well, I, I think I've, I'm settled down a little bit. I'm a little bit less frustrated. Like I can, I think there's definitely some things I'm still concerned about. There's definitely some things I think are potentially going to keep this team from achieving all the things that we want them to. I'm also, I, there's perspective, right? Uh, I believe the most recent DraftKings odds have the Chiefs as the co-favorite to win the Super Bowl still. <laughs> The belief of the market and the belief of Vegas, which does not try to lose money, is that the Chiefs are still favorites to win the Super Bowl. And like you think about, it, hey, look, they lost to a nine and one team, and we're furious about the loss against a nine and one football team. And we can point to a couple plays uh, that could have kept, you know, that that could have could have flipped it. And obviously, we talked a lot about those two plays last night, but we didn't talk enough about the defense last night and oh, Craig? the the reason that the odds have not changed very much for the chiefs outlook oh I'm, I is love because they're a, they're a they're a defensive team the Kansas City Chiefs I, I I tweeted out last night I was just not I was just not prepared for it sudden abrupt heel turn to a defensive team that this team made in one on one off season. But here we are. The chiefs have the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, they do. Oh, sorry. You call the, you call it a heel turn, but you know, I, I would like to fight that, but heels have more fun. So, I mean, <laughs> yes, it's absolutely the case right now. The chiefs, are a defensive first team. They're going to come up. They're going to hit you in the mouth, just like I said that they were going to do this last weekend. That clip was going around. Philadelphia Eagles found that. That wasn't very fun for my mentions. But what happened? A.J. Brown goes one catch for eight yards and gets hit in the mouth by Legereus Sneed. So it really was a terrific performance by the Chiefs defense. I know that we can nitpick a couple of things here and there. But by and large, if this defense doesn't have to field for 11 drives throughout the course of this game, it looks a lot different. And there's a lot of different things that can go a lot of different ways. I keep coming back to 
that second quarter when the Chiefs offense was really struggling to get some things going. They finally put together a scoring drive after you know a turnover that doesn't result in any points for the Chiefs offense. They finally get a scoring drive with just under two minutes left. Chiefs defense comes out, gets a sack, a a stop on you know on second and forever, and gets another sack in three straight plays, forces a punt. Chiefs put three points on the board. That's about the best performance that you can see, and it was part of the reason why they allowed 11 total yards in the second quarter to one of the NFL's most efficient teams on 11 plays. One yard per play that the Philadelphia Eagles averaged during the second quarter. They were lights out. I know we said that they the Eagles couldn't get anything going. We mean it. They could not get anything going. They would need 10 downs to get a first down in the second quarter. That's how good the Chiefs defense was. I mean, the Chiefs defense was so good, they sent the Philadelphia Eagles offense back to only running first day install plays. Yeah. They came out, the Eagles came out in the second half and they literally could only call plays that were like from your first day of install in training camp because they did not have the time. They did not have the confidence and they were having zero success, you know, calling real plays. They could not drop back and throw the ball. It's not even nope. like they had a designed run game that was consistently working. They broke a couple of bigger gains with and Jalen Hurts had a couple nice QB draw calls, but like they could not function whatsoever as an offense through four quarters. They are eventually going to have enough plays that hit because they have good playmakers. That's how you end up giving up 21 points. A also, you know, your offense not not holding up their end of the deal makes it a little bit harder for the defense. They're getting back on the field quickly. It doesn't matter how many times they force a punt or get the ball back. The offense wasn't doing their part. But like this defense, the Dolphins game is when I kind of changed my mind about them. I said, okay, they just handled a high-powered NFL offense that does a lot of crazy stuff. Not even gimmicky, just crazy stuff that's going to defend. And that was super, super impressive over here. They come into this game, and they probably do even better. This was an even better performance by this defense because they absolutely dominated the Eagles. This was a game where they completely shut down anything the Eagles wanted to do. I know the 21 points don't quite show it exactly like that, but I, you can't put into words how much of a domination, how much this Chiefs defense controlled the line of scrimmage, at both in the trenches, but also out wide versus the wide receivers, how much they confused the absolute hell out of Jalen Hurts, how they did not let these wide receivers do anything. Oh, and by the way, their best edge player is a cornerback who they just sent 50% of the times in the first half, minimum, and the Eagles never once picked it up. I mean, again, I talked about it last week. I, I, I'm going on for a long time now. I'm sorry, I can't, but the, the Chiefs had a really good read on what the Dolphins' protection calls were going to be, and they were getting a lot of free rushes. Mm -hmm. This might have, again, been even better. They knew the Eagles wanted to get into this 5-0 protection looks, and they constantly, and it's not that the Eagles didn't see it. There was even times where Jason Kelsey called out and said, hey, Jalen, by the <laughs> way, that's Trent McDuffie right there. You're accounting for him, and guess who Jalen Hurts still couldn't account for? Trent McDuffie, despite the fact they called out, just, they completely manipulated the 5-0 stuff over and over again to get Trent McDuffie running free. And the few times they tried to pick up Trent McDuffie, he either didn't come or they also brought a backer. So like, it was just, it was absolutely beautiful. Once again, from Colin and from Spags and the games and the pass rush up front. I mean, even, even like, I'll say this, like, 
I think I think Trent McDuffie like Lane Lane was trying to get to him a couple mm-hmm. of times. Lane Johnson, you know, one of the best tackles in the in football, was trying to get out there and and Trent was still slipping him. And Trent well, the Eagles credit, they they sift it really good. Like in five oh, mm-hmm. their tackles sift really good. They just get a sink and they will try to get a hand on each guy, right? They're and like the lane and they, they were trying to do it and they just couldn't do it. Now the Chiefs ran a lot of games at the same time, which makes it really hard to do that. If you're a tackle and there's a spiking the end, you can't do that. And like so the Chiefs were gaming it up, but you're right. They they did try to handle it and kept sweeping around. Sorry. I, I I just wanted to put that in there because it was a good job. Again, another good job by the Chiefs. They had a really good read on how the Eagles played the position. Attacking protection and then I think Trent McDuffie just individual performance was that was some of the best blitzing execution i think i've seen how tight he was you know to the rush and just being able to kind of kind of hide a little bit a couple times like just like he was just he was he was a terror he was an absolute terror and it wasn't just that it was the the plays that he made you know in the screen game it was the you know the the pass deflection you know on the on the edge throw that they tried to make and you're absolutely right they had absolutely no like the eagles had no offense going they, 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 it was run the ball, edge screens, and then they finally took a shot down the field on a slot fade, Mike Edwards versus De- Devontae Smith, and they hit it. You know, like, but like the Chiefs were, the Chiefs had five sacks in the first half, and Jalen Hurts was running for his life in the first half, and they could not offense. They had to go back to just trying to find basic principles to just try to get the ball down the field as best as they could and hang around and hope that the Chiefs offense Chiefs offense did. Um but yeah, I just yeah, the unbelievable performance and just a bunch of like little micro individual performances within that game too that we can talk about. But I know Craig was ready to jump in, so go. Yeah, I, I was. I, I was just getting ready to say you remember how much we how much time we spent in the preseason talking about how Shamari Connor was blitzing fifty percent of the time because, you know, hey are they going to use a guy like that in real life here in you know in the regular season? And then they just do it with you know arguably their best corner. I, I say arguably because Legarius Need has now shut down every wide receiver one that he has faced pretty much as he's followed him around. He has been outrageously good, like a- absolutely insane. How terrific that he has been. And it's not just because, oh, hey, you know, they're bracketing wide receiver one. They're giving him all this help. They're doing this. They're putting him on an island plenty. The Chiefs were zero blitzing like crazy against Jalen Hurts. They were saying to these guys, hey, line up. You're going to be one-on-one with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Please cover well enough so that we can get home. And they were repeatedly. Like, it just kept happening until right at the end of the game where the Eagles were able to make some adjustments and, you know, kind of transition off of that. So it, they really did hold up so well on the outside. And Spagnolo and Cullen put a few more things on tape that we hadn't seen so far this year. There was a rep where Leo Chanel was the dime linebacker, which I know that, you know, we've had a lot of conversation about the dime linebacker position. Nick Bolton playing it. Drew Tranquil playing it. Who Who's going to play it if those guys can't play it? Well, we got to find out that Leo Chanel took a snap in that role. Leo Chanel did not line up on the second level, though. They had five down. So the four down defensive lineman with Leo Chanel off the edge. I think you guys can all maybe remember it was the play that Chris Jones 
made a terrific play. It was a QB sneak, uh, QB keeper by Jalen Hurts on a third and long. It was the right play call. Jalen Hurts did that exactly right. There's nobody at the second level. If If he clears the defensive line, guess what? He's home free. Like He might still be running into the secondary there. And what happens? They muddy it up. They keep good, sound rush lanes. Chris Jones beats Jason Kelsey to the inside there, comes up with a huge stop, and it's because they showed a look that they haven't showed all year long. Leo Chanel in the dime, aligned as a pass rusher with five guys on the line of scrimmage. You are messing with protections and testing this quarterback, this offensive line, some of the best at picking this stuff up, and they weren't able to. That is a testament to Cullen. That is a testament to Spags, and that's a testament to these players that they were able to have so much success executing those sorts of things. I think I think they kind of baited him on that one, on that on that yeah. or on that Maybe. on that QB run. And I think they had I think they had QB run pegged pretty good because like I think they had some really good lane discipline on a couple of those looks early in the game. They had QB they had the they had some of the QB run stuff pegged. I'll just also say this. I'm not sure the Eagles really wanted to run Jalen Hurst that much this week. And it felt like they had to use him a little bit more. They used him on some of the third down stuff, and they used him a little bit more in the second half, but I'm not sure that they wanted to, but they kind of had to. Maybe that's just because some of the injuries that he was dealing with. But it felt like he was having to play true drop back, and he was not able to 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 win a true drop back game personally. And like, I mean, that's why I mean, that's why they had to go to what they did is partially it was just because Jalen Hurts was just in game. Like, all this stuff we talked about is true, but Jalen Hurts just wasn't able to win in the drop back game. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs did a phenomenal job changing the picture so frequently. Now, the so I guess I'd push back a little bit to the Chiefs. I think they had a plan for the QB draw stuff, but I don't know if it was good because part of all the changing stuff, having guys mug the A-gaps, then drop out, and bringing so many zone pressures, you are going to lose just gap integrity just by default there. And I think the Eagles called a couple QB draws perfectly into them and got five-plus yards completely untouched. There was the touchdown to, to kick off the Eagles scoring, I believe it was, and then... There was another third down conversion where there was just no one there. And like that, that's, you know, the give or take you're going to have of playing the way the Chiefs did. But still, uh, to your point, like you want to take, if you can force that to be the Eagles offense, if the Eagles offense is QB draws and screen game, you're going to take it every single time, especially if Jalen Hurts isn't 100%. And like these runs, he's not killing you with them. Yeah, he's maybe picking up positive yards on half of them, maybe a little bit over, but like it's not like it's not like he was killing you with them. So I think the Chiefs did an excellent job just kind of working their way all the way around it. The Eagles, smart offensive line, good quarterback, good center. They countered it pretty well with like getting that going on the third and fives, trying to get into that short down, short and fourth kind of range to where they could do the tush push. So it was just two really smart uh, teams going back and forth in, in terms of stopping the QB run game. I thought both were kind of getting each other a little bit with it throughout the entire game. And it, it was nice to see the Chiefs have to adjust a couple times because they had to back off, I think, some of the pressures later in the game to account for it. I think back into the game is where I think they kind of got the QB stuff going a little bit more. I think the Chiefs had a little bit better early in the game. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. 
Hey everyone, this is BJ Kissel. We'll get right back to the show. I just need a minute to share some important news, but as always, thank you for the support. The KCSN Foundation just launched our third annual Soul of KC Holiday Raffle and Toy Drive, and it benefits Operation Breakthrough's Christmas Store. This campaign has raised more than $35,000 over the past two years, helping provide a better Christmas for kids in our community. And it's simple. We sell raffle tickets for a chance to win any of the more than 20 fantastic prizes that we have available this year. It's things like a Travis Kelsey autographed full-size Chiefs helmet, or a Chris Jones autographed jersey, a George Karloftis jersey. How about a Patrick Mahomes autographed mini helmet? We've got gift cards to local restaurants like Capitol Grill, Mission Taco Joint, or Third Street Social. You can find the full list of prizes on our social media accounts, or you can click the link in the description of this show. Again, all of the proceeds go to buying presents for Operation Breakthrough's Christmas store, and you can get tickets now through December 4th. Help us continue to help others, because that's what the KCSN Foundation is all about. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a time for great joy, but also extra added stress to your life as well. Whether you're stressed about possibly meeting with family, traveling, or more, it can be a difficult time during the holidays. Adding something new and positive to your life can be a way to counteract some of the stress and those feelings. Therapy can be an opportunity for you to talk through some of those feelings and allow yourself to de-stress and decompress a little bit and feel better about the situation you might be in. It can help you feel more grounded and more settled in your life. Everyone deals with the stress of family, travel, financial stress, job stress during the holiday season. Instead of bottling up some of those feelings, it's best to have an opportunity to express them. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule, especially during the holidays. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
it's the time of year that we are doing the soul of casey raffle make sure there's a link in the description of, of this show we are doing this incredible raffle you can win all kinds of chiefs specific prizes signed football helmets from travis kelsey and several other chiefs players and all kinds of other great prizes a bunch of people across the city stepping up to donate stuff check out the link in the description you will find a link to the venmo 20 dollars donation gets you one entry into the raffle i think 50 gets you five and then there's some other tiers just donate money support operation breakthrough which is an incredible program that's helping some underprivileged kids in KC uh, just day to day, but also you're going to help them have a pretty special Christmas and uh, all your donations are going to go towards helping support our initiatives uh, for Operation Break. So please consider, uh, please consider donating. All right, let's continue on with the defensive side of the ball, Craig. I know there's plenty of other stuff that you want to talk about. I know we can go so many different ways. We can talk about Chris Jones being awesome here, I guess. You're muted. You're so muted. Couldn't be more muted. Okay, Chris Jones was very right. good. He's back. He was very good. He was very good. Sorry, guys. I, you know, foreign place, you know, extra environment around here. I'm trying not to spam everybody with my children. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Chris Jones was awesome. After several weeks there before the bye, where maybe we were looking at a player that wasn't as good as he started the year, because when he walked in the building, he was pretty awesome to start. There was a little bit of a, you know, a lull for what his normal standard was. It was incredible the this week. Made multiple plays against the run. Made multiple plays against the pass. Was just kind of everywhere. And this is one of the best offensive lines in the league. It, it, I can say it's the best offensive line in the league now that the Browns are dealing with so many you know uh, issues at offensive tackle right now. So it is just that. like it, He has been absolutely spectacular now for the past couple of weeks. We are now seeing that, that this is what it's... Or not the past couple of weeks, but <laughs> this game. He was absolutely incredible. And... I am very anxious to see if this is what we're going to see. Did he need that bye week? Did he need that to kind of get his conditioning back to where it was going to be? Was this dragging on a little bit with uh, yep. an off that he didn't have? Is this something to where he just needed a week off to get right? And if that's the case, man, I, I'm really anxious because there's a, a string of teams that they're about to play here that have far worse offensive lines than the Philadelphia Eagles. Chris Jones has a chance take over some games even more so than he did yesterday Maddie but and, and that's kind of what I'm interested in is like why has it been since week two that we've seen this version of Chris Jones like what 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 is the rationale was it just needing time to get his conditioning and his body needed that rest but the Chiefs also had 10 days between a Thursday nighter and a Sunday game too now I guess travel yeah. that was the that was before the Germany game right so there was still was. travel you know, that it could be that simple, right? It could really be that simple. And I know Chris Jones gets a lot of attention. He gets a lot of double teams. I'm not trying to push that aside, but he always has. He's, he's always still a great football player. player. Right. He's still been very good. It's just there's been a big gap between how he played versus the Jags and how he played against the Eagles and every other game he's played this year. So just what, you know, kind of what was the difference there? Um, these They need that guy. I think the more we get into it, this team is coming along with an identity. And whether or not I like it or not, this team has an identity. And it's the defense is going to win the game for them. The offense is there along for the ride. And if that's the case, 
you do need that stud up front. You do need somebody that is constantly making plays up front, and that has to be Chris Jones. I think Charles Ominiu, George Karloftis, both guys have been very good this year. Mike Dana, been very good this year, but those guys aren't taking over the end. You are not going to win based on your defensive play if those are your best pass rushers and your best you know, interior or defensive linemen throughout the whole game. So Chiefs need Chris. They need to figure out what was different about those games and get that guy 24-7. I, long season, I'm not worried that he didn't get there. We've now seen you know, on two occasions where he has completely taken over games this year. It's nothing to be concerned about. It's just you got to make sure you get that guy over and over again. So that was good. It was nice to see complimentary rushers around him, around Trent mm-hmm. McDuffie coming on the blitz. And then I mean, even beyond the defensive line, yet again, Drew Tranquil is just Holy so God, darn good, man. Just every game, week in, week out, coverage versus the run, the range, there really isn't much he's not doing on the football field for the Chiefs. I don't I don't want to get sucked into, is he the best linebacker? Is he not the best linebacker for this team right now? I don't even need to go there. Yeah, but like, we don't need to have a conversation. Yeah. There's never a reason for him to be off the field, though. No matter who's healthy, there's not a reason for him to be off the field. Yeah. There's not. Uh, it, and, you know, I know what they did with Leo Chanel and talked about that that fun little wrinkle. I'm fine with it against, you know, certain teams. You throw that little wrinkle in there. But it's not a situation where you want to look at this defense and say, oh, well, let's go ahead and cycle some of these guys through, get some of these guys' repetitions, try and get them, you know, kind of integrated into the game like Spagnolo does. We talked about that with the linebackers. We've talked about that with the corners. We've seen it. Time and time again, we're now seeing it right now with Mike Edwards and Brian Cook. Both of them are playing well, but they're cycling through guys, trying to get them reps because you never know when those guys are going to be needed. But yeah, I'm a Matty. Like he can't leave the field at this point. Like he is so crucial to what this team can do. He has made so many heads up plays this year that guys not named Nick Bolton aren't going to make. And so when Nick Bolton comes back into the equation here, when he gets healthy again, I want to see that nickel be Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil. It needs to be those two guys. That's not a slight against Leo Chanel. That's not a slight against Willie Gay Jr. It just is different. When those two guys are on the field, everything just is so much more cohesive. Everything just flows so much better. And every they complement each other well on top of that. So you can run those two guys out there and be successful in the nickel you want to get spicy with some of those three three five looks you want to get a little salty in the base you want to add a little something with your little three two dime where you got willie gay jr on the field spying the quarterback i'm in like i'm fine with that you can roll those out in a case-by-case scenario but by and large i need to see drew tranquil on the field as much as possible i just remember being stunned that the chiefs got drew tranquil for so cheap this offseason like, I remember all of us to a man were geeked out that they got him and geeked out that they got him for the price that they got him for. Maybe maybe we'll tell a story next offseason about that. Maybe oh, we'll that really? I am thankful for that story that we will hear someday. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action that's DraftKings Sportsbook new customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets no matter your appetite there's something for you money lines parlays props live bets and so much more you name it they've got it 
Thursday, Friday, Sunday NFL games this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Is there anything you need to get off your chest about the defense before we move on to the other side of the ball? I mean, yeah, it- we got to, you know, Craig talked about it a little bit. LeJerry Seed, still very great, like still doing a great job handling number one wide receivers. I think it's being tracked. He is like the only cornerback that is shadowing number one wide receivers in game in, game out right now. And it kind of doesn't matter who it is as long as it's not a guy that's going to play primarily in the slot. He's taking that guy in coverage. And outside of Josh Palmer, he's kind of come out as the winner in most of those situations. How about Yes. <laughs> He does lead all defensive players in penalties. And yes, there's also a handful of declined ones, but the yards aren't killing you. It's only 60. It's like nine penalties, I think, accepted, but it's only like 63 penalty yards. Yeah, who cares? That's not bad. That's not bad when you consider the guys that he's going up against. Like, so like, yeah, sometimes the penalties are uncalled for, but like what, half of those are him trying to be too physical on first and 10 and picking up a five-yard yeah. automatic first down penalty? Don't care, right? You like, don't care about that illegal hands in the face. <laughs> Setting a tone. For, for putting Justin Jefferson in his place. Like, you'll take that five-yard penalty, right? So, it's just, he's been great. Trent McDuffie has been just as good. I mean, in coverage as Legereus Steve. He gets, you know, coming out of the slot there. And then you were starting to get, no, they're not as good, but Joshua Williams. And it seems to be, like, maybe trending a little bit more Jalen Watson. At least I notice him a little bit more on the field. Uh, Maybe that's good or bad. But it seems like they are kind of coming into that little bit of development you wanted from those two guys in their second years, like, the secondary, we talked about the linebacker, you talked about the trench play, the secondary is starting to get to that level. Like when the weakest player in your secondary is your third safety, Mike Edwards getting matched up with like a legitimate number one wide receiver that also won the Heisman and went in the top 20 picks in the NFL draft. Like that's the only time your secondary, you know, even starts to show a weakness. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's really good. Like it, it is outrageous. The for all the development talk that we have spent on a particular position on the other side of the ball, you like that I didn't say that yet. I we need to give Dave Merritt so many flowers. I know that when Sam Madison got to go to Miami, that we sat there and we went, "Oh man, you know that that's a good one that that they let walk." Not that we were mad at Dave Merritt taking over those things because Dave Merritt's been good in Kansas City. But it was one of those, it was like, ah, Sam Madison was an up-and-coming guy. We, you know, It would have been really nice to keep him. All they've done since that is just develop the hell out of every single cornerback that they have added to this roster. Yeah, it helps when you have a first-round blue-chip talent playing for you. But they've got day-three guys that are cycling in. You've got... You know, day two guys that are playing significant snaps. You are picking the pile, you know, on free agent, you know, veterans and things like that. And they are a lockdown 
secondary out there. They are one of the NFL's best passing defenses. I know that we're going to look back on some of the games this year and we're going to say, ah, they could have defended the run better. Guess what? I don't really care about defending the run when it comes down to it. They are allowing 170 yards a game passing. Yeah, that's that's third in the NFL behind the Cowboys and the Browns to get all these flowers, get all this stuff. 170 yards. The Cowboys and the Browns ain't playing the offenses that the Chiefs have played this year. They haven't seen the types of quarterbacks, receivers that the that the Chiefs defense has seen and 170 yards a game. That is outrageously low. I, I we would have killed for a 170 yards a game defense on this team in the 60s when they didn't throw the ball, <laughs> let alone in 2023 when everything is built around the pass. Curly Colt, baby. Uh, <laughs> good football player. Yeah, a uh, lot of good football players on that team. <laughs> Willie Lanier, I'm Bobby good. Bell, Bobby Bell. Yeah. Uh, uh, the defensive back, we're actually talking about pass defense and the defensive back's escaping me. Mm. He was a coach here. Uh, Emmett Thomas. Emmett Thomas. Yeah, that's who you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. Ow. Also, Hi, young Brady. I'm just going to let you this. try and come up with it, buddy. That checks out. A lot of guys at James Winchester without athletic test. Crazy. Can James Winchester play receiver? Let's move on to the offense. Okay. Uh, Can we start good? Can we start good? Yeah. Oh, sure. The Chiefs run game. How about that? When you decide to get a little bit more varied, when you decide to sprinkle in some duo, you decide to sprinkle in some power, you add this weird double tight end motion that looks like something straight out of college and just get different stuff happening. Like All of a sudden, the run game looks a little bit better when you're not just smashing inside and outside zone that is developing very slow because your left tackle takes a long time to get out of his stance and get out to his block, right? Like, <laughs> It, the run game was working. It was working great in the first half. And like I think the Chiefs recognized that. They leaned on it a little bit. Props to the Eagles. They also recognized that and kind of said, hmm, I guess we should try to stop the run in the second half and see what that passing game can do, which we will get to. And spoiler, not a lot. But like the Chiefs run game was good in the first half. They did a lot of different stuff. Like they got back to what they were doing early in the year where they were not making it easy. They weren't just going out there and calling the quote unquote bread and butter uh, bread and butter plays that are constantly getting stuffed anymore because that's just not what they spend you know enough time doing. It's not what they're executing at a high level. Get more varied, throw more looks, catch guys slightly off guard, and Pacheco let him get running downhill. Clyde looking real thick, but also running real good out there. So like I, I like the run game. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I, I'm not upset that Chiefs got away from it in the second half either before we even go all the way into that because the Eagles are starting to stop it. Yeah. I and we, we no, talked I, a little bit. We, go ahead, Kate. Well, yeah. we talked a little bit about in the pregame or you know, the the game preview show. It's like, well, yeah, the Eagles defense is really good against the run, but like you're going to try. This is a game where you get varied. This is a game where you mix and match your run cops. You throw a lot of different things out there which is some of the things that they've done against the likes of, you know, the NFC teams that they try to flex on, which is, you know, the, you know, the playoff stretch when it matters the most. Like these were, this was a playoff call sheet for the run game and they were able to do it effectively. And it's like, you go back and forth between some of this stuff, like, okay, Hey, look, 
this team should probably be able to run the football when it when they need it the most in January because they just showed it. Isaiah Pacheco runs like a madman. The blocking schemes were great. I thought some of the blocking from the wide receivers was better this week too, especially early in the first half. I thought they did some good things there. Um, but yeah, like it, it they they did what they wanted against. I, I think you guys said it was the best run at run defense in the NFL heading into this game, or one of the best. Well, one of them, yeah. They were. They were up there, but against heavy personnel, they were the best. Um, and the Chiefs didn't do much 13. The one or two times they tried to run out of it, it did get stuffed. But when they were doing the 12 personnel stuff and then even running out of 11, it was working pretty well. Like their first two plays were in 12 and 13 personnel. <laughs> what, what do you know? Yeah. And they, they threw out of it, though. They, yeah, they, that was good. Exactly. It was, was good stuff. But you said there's a, there's some adjustments you oh did you want did you have more Craig sorry I'm, I apologize oh I was just gonna talk about you know we we talk so much about how Andy abandons the run how he doesn't do any of that you know sort of stuff I know that Maddie will get into the ways some of the ways that the Eagles defended some of that and took it away but on the season here it's not like the Chiefs aren't effective running the ball they're fifteenth in yards on you know rushing yards on the season. And they're 12th in yards per carry. It's not like they are ineffective when they allow their offense to run the ball. And when we get glimpses like this against NFC teams that are more indicative of maybe what we'll see when January, February come around where these games you know matter, win or go home sort of things, I think we will see more of this. We'll see them you know game planning a little bit better for Isaiah Pacheco for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who looked phenomenal. I w- I've been l- waiting for the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hate today. He goes, eh, two touches, 20 yards, man. Like, that's absolutely fine. That's exactly what you want from a backup running back. So I do think that we're going to see more of it. And I know that that has been a big talking point, especially in a game where it was very wet, where the weather was just not great where the offense is struggling, the wide receivers can't catch anything. Why didn't they lean on the run a little bit more? This is about as close to fully leaning on the run as Andy Reid is ever going to get. And frankly, it worked really, really well for the majority of the game until the Eagles sold out to stop. Yeah, and I mean, and that's that's what happened, right? Like in the second half, the Eagles came out. Like it was already that it's been trending this way for the past year and a half, but especially this year, and especially kind of later in this game. The Eagles played so much more single high than you were going to see teams traditionally play against the Chiefs. And even a lot of times when they were showing too high, they were kind of running the full field coverage where you have a guy sliding down and kind of looking to, you know, poach from from the opposite side of the field. like they were rarely running just pure too high looks. They were getting an extra guy rolling down or aligning in the box to add to the run fit. They were playing with a little bit heavier personnel than they they normally would. They were getting Brandon Graham in there a lot more frequently than they normally like to. They usually like to keep Sweat and Hassan Reddick out there as much as possible at the edge. They were getting out of that. They were getting some bigger bodies there on the edge because I mean, Sweat and Reddick at times were kind of getting pushed around, getting sealed pretty easily by the guys. So they, they did a great job uh, of trying to adjust to what the Chiefs were doing. The Chiefs come out in the second half. They tried running the ball seven times on first and 10. Guess how many yards they got on those seven rushes? Oh, six. Six yards on seven rushes on first and 10. Now, there was a couple, you know, there was a first and 20 draw play by Clyde. There was a decent Pacheco run on second. Now, like, it wasn't that the run game got completely shut down, but when you're trying to run on first and 10 and you're getting less than a yard per carry, how much more do you want to run the ball? 
The Eagles are clearly giving you good passing looks. They're letting you try to throw the ball downfield. You're just not executing. There's a reason all of a sudden in the second half, all of a sudden guys were kind of starting to be a little bit open. Could they catch it? No, but they were starting to be open because the Eagles were trying to take away what was being most effective for the Chiefs, and that was the run game at that point. So it's give and take. The Eagles adjusted. The Chiefs adjusted back. They made the right call, just the execution fell short because the Eagles were not going to let them keep running the ball as effectively as they did in the first half. They just simply weren't going to do it. They dared the Chiefs to make some plays down the field in the passing game, and the Chiefs were obliged to try. And we know what happened. Miscommunications, drops, route run, you know, wrong routes. I mean, and it's like, it's 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 a bold strategy in a, in a, in a game where, <laughs> or in a day where, I got, the Eagles, like, look, we talked about the Eagles, the offensive adjustment was, it was like, we're just going to do the simple things and see what happens. And on defenses, we're going to, you know, stop the run and see what happens. <laughs> and the Chiefs just flat out could not solve it. And yeah, that's not the same true. They solved it. They just, they couldn't finish to save their life. I, you know, I, I put most of the blame still on the receivers for some of those plays down the field that you're talking about when we're getting just specifically into this. I mean, that's MVS and the, whatever happened with, with Watson on the corner, whatever we want to call it, MVS, just forgetting that he, like, it's like the controller got unplugged in the middle of MVS's route on the corner route. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a big piece of why this team lost this game this week. Yeah. I mean, the, the Eagles, the Eagles dared them to play a drop back passing. The Eagles did what the Chiefs were doing to the Eagles all game, right? The Chiefs were daring the Eagles to try to drop back and pass the ball. They couldn't execute. Now, the difference is the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to get just sit there and continuously just get you know confused and take all these sacks and not have any answers. But you saw the Chiefs find the answers. Mahomes found the answers. Andy found the answers. It was just the connections weren't always there. Whether it was miscommunications, whether it was maybe not always being absolutely perfect for Mahomes, whether it was a very bad throw that led to an interception, whether it was Travis Kelsey fumbling a ball or dropping a ball or other guys dropping the ball. Just, it wasn't working. The Eagles, like the last six teams to play the Chiefs, said, hey, we don't think those guys are good enough. We're going to quit playing, you know, adjust coverage and to protect the deep ball. We're going to dare you guys to go throw the ball downfield. We're going to dare you to throw the ball into soft spots of zone because we don't think you can. And I mean, guess what? The Chiefs can't. They haven't been able to for half of the year now. Mm -hmm. They just simply haven't. The thing that this team has been known for since Mahomes took over, pushing the ball vertically, eating up zone coverage, finding soft spots in zone. Two things that they absolutely cannot do at all right now. Throw the ball vertically, find soft spots in zone, and exploit them. The two things that have been a staple of this team are completely out the window, and it's not like they are executing high, you know, highly efficient versus the man coverage. The 30% of reps that are man coverage, it's not like they're making teams pay versus that either. They just, they're they're lacking answers right now. The Eagles found them. They attacked them. I think we all know why they are finding these answers. You know, we can talk more about the wide receiver room if we need to. It's just the Chiefs got schemed out of the run game. So like, I don't want that to get back to Andy. I wanted to very much, you know, highlight that and say the Eagles did what they should have done. They made the Chiefs play as silly as this sounds left-handed by having to throw the ball downfield. 
It kind of, it was kind of a, oh, you're, you're muted, Craig. He's just sad. That breaks my brain. It breaks my brain that that is the case, uh-huh. that the way to beat this Kansas City Chiefs team right now is to say, hey, the best player in the world, the best quarterback to ever play the game, the most gifted player at that position ever, a first ballot Hall of Famer in his prime, hey, go throw the ball. We we want you to throw the ball against us because we know the positives that occur for us when you throw the ball. We know that your guys are going to run routes over the top of each other. We know that they're not going to release at the right depth and be in the right spots and they're they're going to just run directly into you know, a hook defender in the middle of the field rather than trying to space it and layer a zone concept in between some of these guys. It is embarrassing to watch some of this stuff back and where these wide receivers end up, why they end up there. It's not like, okay, you know, it, I know that, you know, people are going to watch back some of this stuff and it's, oh, you know, they're, they're covering this, they're covering that. There are concepts that are designed to take players into the safeties, pull guys out of zones, pull guys in different areas of the field. This is not it. This is, you know, simple structure cover two stuff that the Chiefs are just running you know, sticks, and they're not gaining the right amount of depth. They're not reading where these hook defenders are. They're just running into where they are and just kind of hanging out there because they're robotic. It's not the same. It, outside of Travis Kelsey, it's just kind of, we're going to do this, we're going to line up, and we're going to run this exact same route. It's Justin Watson, instead of running a fade, running it in a literal straight line, can't run in a straight line on a fade. Patrick Mahomes throws the fade, He's drifting outside. He's trying to widen the the corner. He's trying to do all this stuff. It's simple things. It's just simple wide receiver stuff. It's simple concepts that they just can't execute. And that's what defenses are doing right now. They're just saying, hey, guess what? We're not going to allow you to get into rhythm. We're not going to allow you to do some of the stuff that you want to do. Go throw the ball down the field. Try and create an explosive play on us. MVS is wide open on a play late in the game over the top, like there is no chance in hell that Steve Spagnuolo is going to allow a guy to get behind him while he's leading near the end of a game because he's going to top it. He's going to allow the five-yard pass time and time again. He's going to allow these, you know, death by a thousand cuts when you're up four. Just don't get deep, deep. Guess what? The Eagles weren't scared of it, and rightfully so. Yeah, and I, I think amidst all this, you know, they there are so many inconsistencies with this offense. There's so many things that we can point to in the frustrations. And even then, there is still enough on the table for this team to win the game against the literal best record in the National Football League. And that's like, I'm mean, obviously, you know, you talk about the interception, you talk about Travis Kelsey's fumble, and this team still... Like they had, they had opportunities. They had drives that they they strung together. Even in the second half, they had they had they found a way to generate a little bit of offense. You know, at times, it just. I thought the game planning was great. I thought I, yeah. I I'm, I'm I the more I watched and I yeah I think Andy had a great game plan, which is encouraging. I think the run game getting going was encouraging. I think Mahomes playing awesome was encouraging, and I think you just got to like. And the truth of the matter is, if Travis Kelsey fumbles the football every game the rest of the way out, bad things are going to happen. 
if Patrick Mahomes throws red zone interceptions on one of the few red, you know, red zone possessions this team gets, yeah, bad things are going to happen. So if that's the norm, this team isn't going to go places. But if you expect Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes to not make those mistakes in the future and may not even that may not even matter anyway because they're going to be playing teams that aren't the literal best record in the NFL, then like you can find a path to some optimism and belief that down the road because of this defense everything that you want is still in front of them. There's still a lot of frustrations with this team, don't get me wrong, but I I still think, you know, I'm not I'm not all the way out. I think this team there's a reason that they're still the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, I, I think the odds say that and I just I I'm str- I personally struggle to wrap my mind around it still because I don't you go watch national media, you listen to national media cover this game, and everyone says, oh, no, calm down. The Chiefs will figure it out. All this stuff is fixable. And I'm sitting here in week 11 saying, well, if it's fixable, they've had 11 weeks and it's been the same issues. It's obviously not that fixable for them, right? Like, And at this point, we haven't really seen much of a reason to think it's fixable. The mistakes are silly. They're stupid. They're simple, but they're still making them. I think they've already simplified the offense down as much as they can. When's the last time you really saw the Chiefs run like a full like five four five man route like progression concept they're not even they're not even doing that it's all half field stuff because they don't even want to have Mahomes get to the backside of the stuff anymore you look at the timing of routes both the front and backside have everybody running routes at the same time it's purely just half field stuff trying to get the ball out and make things as simple as possible for the wide receivers to get the pressure off an offensive line that has been up and down I thought they were good yesterday but again They've already reduced this down about as far as they can, and we're still having the two veteran wide receivers make as many mistakes as the rookies mentally. I'm not talking about drops. I'm just talking about not even side adjustments. I'm just literally talking about, hey, my man's on me. When this man is on this my left side of my body, I break this certain way. And if he's in front of me, I break a different way. They're messing up basic high school level wide receiver stuff. And they've been doing it for 11 weeks. They've been doing it for their entire, like not their entire careers, like they've been in the NFL for a long time now and they're still making these mistakes. Like if that doesn't get fixed, I don't see how they make it to the Super Bowl. Now, then it can't be fixed. It's just, I just don't know. We're in week 11 now. What is the sign that that stuff will be fixed going forward? Guys, I'm going to say possibly the most depressing thing that I've said in the past two nights. Um, Impossible. Does Richie James fix this? <laughs> no, I mean, at this point, like he looked it, bad versus the, he looked bad versus the Lions. I thought, but he really did. What he looked bad against the Lions, but I've also now seen ten weeks where he yeah. looked, where everybody else has not looked good by and large. Where she Rice has glimpses, but that's about it. You know that, and the slot might be more open now. Slot Richie back home. Be more uh, open. I, I don't know. I'm willing to find out. And I never thought that I would say that. And we're probably going to find out now because this wide receiver room is not good enough to keep a Richie James level player off the field. And that's scary. But who knows? Like at this point, put him out there. Let's find out because these guys are just lacking the simple effectivity of playing wide receiver right now. So give me another body out there. Let's try it. I mean, Again, I know Justin Ross can't do anything, and I know what's going on with him off the field. If, for whatever reason, that gets cleared up, and who knows if that ever will, if, for whatever reason, that gets cleared up, I'm willing to let him try. And I wouldn't have said that 
six weeks ago. I would have been like, nah, that dude doesn't need to be on the field. I'm good. I've yeah. seen enough. Develop later, whatever. But Are at you, this point, I want to see more. Can I ask the other players? Can I ask one really hard question before we go to sticker slaps and spirits? Mm-hmm. Is the are you done with Skymore? Are you done with the experiment? Oh boy. If you wanted to get to if you no, wanted to get out of here, I, that was I wanna, the thing to do. Just I think <laughs> thirty seconds left. That you can't. Yeah, you open this can of worms, buddy. Um, I was going to save it for the offseason because I don't want to say it midseason when things can still change. I think for the Chiefs' sake and for Sky Moore's sake, he has to move on after this year. And I, this isn't me saying that I think his NFL career can't go anywhere. I just watched them play. Mahomes does not want to throw him the football. He, I don't think he's open that often. Yeah. I think he run, makes plenty of mistakes. He misreads leverage consistently. He's running a slant and he's pressing all the way past the outside of a corner before pushing them to try to break inside. The ball's already coming out of Mahomes' hand to a hitch, and he's just getting into the break of a slant. Like he's, I think his timing is bad. I think his route spacing is bad, but there are still plays where it looks like Mahomes is staring him down, going into a void, or beating a man, and Mahomes is just hesitating to throw the ball. I don't think Patrick Mahomes wants anything to do with throwing to Sky Moore, and I can't say that I blame him based on everything I've seen, Get him somewhere else with a new quarterback that would be more willing to throw him the football and see if you can't build his confidence back up and find a role that works because I it, it's going to be hard to see it in Kansas City. I, I'm watching Mahomes skip over wide open sky more sometimes. You ready? Uh, you're at you're oh okay. go. Now I was I was going to use this time rather than talking about sky more to say hey thanks for the super chats Joe Dugan and Bumpa PB. I know yeah, Tuck gave you a shout out in there, but uh, thanks guys. You ready for my offseason Skymore take? They should look at moving him to running back. That might be the uh, only way that they can get him value in this offense. I think put a, a, like 10 more pounds on him, let him run. We've seen him do some really good things up the field, and he's got a pass catcher background now. I don't, I, I'll just say that. Sticker slaps in spirits time here. Game balls go from the group chat uh, or from the uh, show chat. So tell us who the game ball should go to. Um, I'll uh, I'll go to Harrison Butker. I'll give a I'll get a, I'll give a, a sticker to, to Harrison Butker for a big field goal at the end of the second half in the rain. I think that was a big opportunity for this team to go up two scores. Um, so hitting that big field goal, I think that was really good. So a, a helmet sticker goes to Harrison Butker for a very clutch field goal there. Matthew Lane, butt slapping a good job. What say you? Let's go. We'll get a little surprise one here. Let's go with the butt slap to Trey Smith. Um, we talked about it earlier this year, how he was not maybe having the progress that you'd hope. He'd kind of been the same guy since he was as a rookie. I think he's come on a little bit since then. And this game was another reason for that. You know, the Chiefs got more varied in their run game, which I think highlights what he can do. The athleticism, the power and stuff like that. I thought he held up a lot better to the Eagles exceptional interior pass rush that he had earlier in the year against lesser defensive lines. So we're give Trey Smith a, a, a shout out. Oh, and the Chiefs had a fourth and one run right behind them that the Eagles absolutely schemed out gapped out everything the Chiefs and Trey Smith was able to get just enough movement launching into Jordan Davis's rib cage that they were able to pick it up. So like that just that play alone it, it, we're giving a, a, a nice ball to Trey Smith for. I'm going to say George Garloftis for mm. my whole last bottle of bourbon. Oh. We haven't talked about him much lately, and all he's done is continue to perform really well as a DE2 or a secondary pass rusher. I shouldn't call him a DE2 because we treat Chris Jones as like a DE1 level player. 
he's been exceptionally good, just consistent. And that was some of the stuff that we talked about during his rookie year that he just needed to improve on his consistency. We know what he is as a pass rusher. We know what he can be as a pass rusher. Seeing it time and time again every single week, this was yet another great performance by him. Cleaning up some stuff in the run game, coming up with a sack. He has almost bested all of his numbers last year through 17 games in 10 games. He's got seven sacks on the year. This team picked up a player at the end of the first round that has 13 sacks in 27 games so far in his career. I say that, and I want to emphasize it. I know we've said it before on this podcast. That does not happen very often. You don't find guys at the bottom of the first round that have that kind of production. I know everybody wants to point to TJ Watt. He is the exception to the rule. And right now, George Karloftis is not on a TJ Watt arc or anything like that, but he is also proving to be an exception to the rule. Great job by the Chiefs scouting staff. I know we've been, we're going to be down on them a lot this week and this year with the wide receiver group, but identifying that player, picking up that player, and Joe Cullen for developing him. He's been really good this year and continues to put together good performances. Yeah, Craig, I remember you did a study at one point. Yeah. On, like, rookie contract sack totals. It's, I was going to... I, I haven't kept up with it for like no, I the past five years, but at that point it was like in the team, like 12, 12% or 13% of pass rushers cleared 21 and a half sacks in their rookie contract. And that's Frank, and, and it's, yeah. yeah. George has done 13 in 27 games. Mm-hmm. We are going to go with Trent McDuffie. <clears throat> For the game ball, you all voted for Trent McDuffie. We saw that a little bit in the chat. I think that is a perfect one because he was absolutely awesome. All pro that man. Give give him the give him the Pro Bowl. Let him go play dodgeball at Vegas if the Chiefs aren't in the Super Bowl. No, they're gonna be in the Super Bowl. They're gonna be in the Super Bowl. Shout out random Anton. I, that's he's been the most pleasant and the most fun like rival fan that we have ever had in a live chat. I think. Um, so like shout out to that. I, I like it when there's other you know other fans from other teams in here, and like, he's been very very pleasant compared to the norm. Well, <laughs> that is going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. Thank you all so much for listening, and also to Random Anton for listening as well. Of course. Thank you. We'll be back later this week. Have a great Thanksgiving. Catch you later. So excited! There's college football this week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.